three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Got a review here for... uh, for (laughs) So, you know, I I groan like that, but you might be surprised. I've got a review here for Space Jam, A New Legacy, which, why this exists, I don't understand, but... Whatever. Uh, this is produced, uh, pardon me, directed by Malcolm D. Lee, uh, who's actually done several things I actually enjoy. He's done stuff that I think is dog shit, but he's done some stuff I really enjoy. So enjoy the hell out of Roll Bounce. That's probably Bow Wow's best acting role to this day. Uh, Undercover Brother is a movie I am proud to own. First Barbershop I really like. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Girls Trip is a lot of fun. Uh, Night School fucking sucks. Um, and as well as Scary Movie 5, Best Man's Holiday. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's some, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jake. Fuck, I forgot he did that. Yeah, so I'll say, I'll be nice and say Malcolm B. Lee has a spotty, uh, track record. But this film, of course, stars LeBron James. And so, okay, we have to talk about this. So, I always talk about how I will always be honest with all of you on here and completely tra- complete transparency. I fucking hate LeBron James. I've never liked LeBron James from the moment he entered the league with number 23 and was calling himself King James the Rookie. I was sitting there going, man, I kind of fucking hate this guy. I think he kind of sucks. And credit where it's due, you know, Lakers won, win the championship a couple seasons ago. Um, he's had one of the, one of the best careers in the history of basketball uh he damn sure isn't better than jordan or kobe but easily a top 10 player uh i think you could easily make that argument so i respect i respect his social issue stances like he uses his platform in a way that michael jordan never did and i really and the fact that lebron doesn't think with his doesn't think with his uh his checkbook or platinum card whatever (laughs) the fact he's not thinking about Money first and foremost, the fact that he is one to lose money and lose fans to stand up for what he believes in. I respect the hell out of that. I will always give LeBron credit on that front because I think that's incredibly important and noble. But with that said, the biggest issue with this movie is LeBron is so goddamn unlikable in this movie. And it really just goes throughout the whole film until, you know, the very end when it doesn't need to. But the plot as it is, LeBron James plays himself. Uh, his uh, two kids, uh, I'm going to butcher your name, sorry, so, uh, sorry, sir. Uh, CRJ Wright, who plays Darius, who's the older brother. And then uh, Cedric Joe, who plays uh, Dom. Dom is the character who really this is uh, the most about outside of LeBron. And unfortunately, it's not Dom Toretto. That would have been a much better movie. <laughs> but but Dom likes basketball, is pretty good at it. LeBron feels like he can get to that next level. But Dom is more of a gamer. He likes developing video games. So here's where my issues start. The fact that Dom is 12, the movie says. So Dom's 12. And he's already developed a 
functioning video game, something in the vein of something like uh, NBA Jam, uh, Street Hoops, NBA Street Volume 2, which is one of the best basketball games ever made. He's created a basketball game in that vein, and it's pretty damn good for it being a first trial run. You know, obviously he tweak and adjust and all that jazz. And LeBron seems just so disinterested in the fact that he's not wanting to play, quote, real basketball, unquote. So, okay. Something I will give this movie a lot of credit for. It does start off, the film does start off with LeBron missing uh, a game-winning shot when he's a kid back in Akron. And his coach coming up to him saying, you know, after the miss, saying, hey, you're playing with this video game. You're, you're playing this Game Boy. How dare you? You're being distracted. You need to put everything you have in the basketball. And the fact is, you know, you have these God-given abilities. You can take your family out of poverty. You can make, you know, a living for yourself doing this. And so it shows young LeBron throw away his Game Boy and really dedicate himself to basketball. So... Here, for me, is where I just go, all right, I get why you did that, but I have an issue with that. Any parent that I know, or any parent that I've talked to, has always said a version of what I'm about to say here. I do, I work so hard so that my kids can have a better life. You know, you can tweak it however, you know, you'd like. But that's the big, quote, lesson that LeBron's supposed to learn, is that Dom needs to forge his own path and be his own person. I don't understand why he had to go to fucking <laughs> the serververse to learn that lesson. Because, yes, you can make the argument that, yes, LeBron is just that ignorant to his kid. But his wife, played by a Sneaker Martin uh, Green, she flat out sits LeBron down before they're going to bed and goes, look, you need to be invested in Dom's life and you're being too hard on him. And she flat out says he doesn't need a coach. He needs a father. You need to be interested in in him and spend time with him outside of basketball. And I went, okay, she's telling you what you need to do. You need to listen to your goddamn partner. And so he does and, you know, sits down, plays game with him, but it goes over his head. So I went, did you just ignore everything your partner said? Or is it that hard for you to connect this giant fucking dot that's in front of you that, hey, he's passionate about this. Dom speaks with this vigor and this enthusiasm when he's explained the game to his dad, that I went, that's actually quite inspired. It's cool that he's so excited for this. And LeBron just goes ahead and, ex- you know, extinguishes that, <laughs> that you know, enthusiasm pretty quickly. And let's let's call Spade a Spade. The first Space Jam, which I haven't reviewed, I will hear probably this week. The first Space Jam, while I definitely like it more than this one, the first Space Jam has multiple issues. One of the ones that always makes me laugh is that you know they have michael jordan living in this house you know this you know a house a very middle class house you know of all these people going like hi michael and waving them and all that you know no security to be found no giant fences no moats uh you know none of that to keep one of the most important uh sports figures of all time safe i do appreciate that this film opens up with lebron at his own basketball court. They show how lavish the house is. They're not hiding it. And I do appreciate that it's in that extent, you know, quote, real life on, on, on that sense. Also, I'm a huge, I'm a huge mark for good, just bit of physical comedy. And there is this, not even a joke, but early on, 
uh, LeBron's kid, Darius, gets hit in the face with a ball. <laughs> and I won't lie, that got me, that made me and my partner both laugh. I went, all right, movie, that that's good. So LeBron ends up going ahead and going to meet with executives at Warner Brothers who pitch him on this Warner 3000 concept where the technology basically scans him in and can put him into any Warner property that they want. So they show, you know, they show LeBron of Thrones, which gag. Uh, they also show, you know, LeBron in Hogwarts, which my partner being a huge Harry Potter fan immediately groaned and went, ugh, at, which who could blame her? Uh, <coughs> pardon me. But ends up going ahead, talks shit about the algorithm. Sorry, LG Rhythm, who's played by Tom Cheadle. They go into this uh, room of servers and go ahead and get sucked into the server verse. Uh, that's much closer to Snyderverse than I'd like it to be. But anyways, I love, and I mean this, in this movie, I fucking love Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle is the best thing about this. And to be quite honest, that's a huge detriment to the film. Don Cheadle, we've seen him in several things, uh, you know, Hotel Rwanda, Trader, uh, Traffic. Uh, obviously, the Iron Man, uh, the the Marvel films, House of Lies, uh, m- multiple things, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this. This might be one of Don Cheadle's best roles? Question mark. <laughs> because here's the thing: he's given some not great material, and he just has this way of elevating it that I went, you know what, man? I I, I really have to give you credit for this. There is this point where, you know, algae rhythm, God, I can't believe I have to keep saying that, but there's this point where he really is talking to Dom about, you know, man, it's a shame that your dad doesn't, you know, support what you do and doesn't, you know, really speak up for you. And it's this very, and I'm, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to compare it to this. It's very much uh, Edmund and uh, the Queen in uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I was getting those vibes from it. Like, the way he's able to kind of seduce Dom into his way of thinking, I went, you know, I actually really like this. And, you know, his game is essentially, you know, the Turkish delight. He is just telling them, hey, man, we can go and rework this game and make it work for you and really put this on a global scale. And I really do actually appreciate the way that he slowly starts to bring him along in a way that he went, oh, that that actually that actually works. The big thing about this movie, I think you could have done to make it to improve it, is really having LeBron be stuck in the serververse and being barred from playing. Because let's you know, let's be real. Why would Algae Rhythm have you know, arguably the best basketball player on the planet, you play against him. I understand that, you know, he wants to get views and all that, but, you know, if you want to win the game, it doesn't really make sense (laughs) that you would have that be a thing. So really the way to market this to kids, I think, is to have LeBron be like the coach and have him having to coach his son, but his son having almost coached LeBron too and be like, hey, this is my game. I know how this works. That would have been an interesting dynamic. I think that actually would have helped the film and made a lot of these decisions that they have to make that I just went, this doesn't make sense for what you're setting up. LeBron being transported into Toon World, I did find, in credit where it's due, I did find that funny. There's this point where LeBron falls from this Acme truck and, you know, he kind of goes like, oh, you know, and LeBron being kind of fucked around with in the Toon World is probably the best part that he's in because he's just having to do voice acting. He's not really having that 
you know, act. And let's be clear, Michael Jordan by no means was a great, you know, he'll never be confused for, you know, Forrest Whitaker. But LeBron is actually, in my opinion, worse than Jordan is in this. Considering that Jordan doesn't have his family to go ahead and, you know, fight for, it, it makes less sense to me that LeBron is so flat considering, hey, LeBron, if you don't go ahead and beat me in this basketball game, you and your kid are stuck here. And oh, by the way, did I mention that I kidnapped the rest of your family and brought them in here? There's this point in the game where, or right before the game starts, Algie Rhythm goes, oh, by the way, we have some special VIP uh Guests about to join us, and LeBron goes, no, and it is the flattest fucking no I've heard in a movie in so fucking long that I went eek out loud when he said it. I was like, uh, okay, but here's where I do have to get into, you know, more complaints. When the Moji movie came out, if you've listened to our review of that, if you have not, I recommend it's a fun review, but one of the things I talked about in the Moji movie just how whorish it was, how there is just this amount of, oh, look at this app, look at this app, look at this app. And that's only about three minutes of that shit. And I went, I really don't like that. You're just throwing this much product placement so aggressively in my fucking face. That's most of this movie. This really is just a giant, hey, we're Warner Brothers. Look at what we own. We own Aquaman. We own DC. We own Game of Thrones. And it's just, it's this, almost like this checkoff list of, Oh, we own that and that and that. So you should buy HBO Max. This really is a giant advertisement for HBO Max. And let's call what it is. While I know and I've already heard people go, well, uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2 did that. But here's the thing about Wreck-It Ralph 2. At least those characters interacted with them with fucking Ralph. At least they actually helped push the plot forward. There really is no reason for these properties to be in here, except for the tunes happen to be scattered throughout these worlds because Algae Rhythm is just the lamest bit of plot. Just told the tunes, hey, you deserve better than this. You could be better if you go to these other worlds. And they just leave. That That's all the explanation that the film gives. And again, a very simple thing you could have done with that is gone Hey, Algie Rhythm tells him, hey, you know, why is it all about bugs? Why is it always bugs in the forefront? If you guys leave, you could all be your own stars. It's a really simple adjustment to make plot-wise that actually would have explained why all the tunes decided to leave Toon World. But they couldn't even think of that. And they have six goddamn writers on this movie. And I don't get it. So when I watch these reviews or I read people saying, oh, it's not that bad. These are very simple plot adjustments that, I'm sorry, these are not these people's first time writing a film. You should know better. And I'm going to address this this complaint or this line of thinking right now because it really does bother me. If I hear one more person go, it's just a kid's film, I'm going to lose my shit because here's what you're saying by saying that. By the way, if you're a parent, don't have that line of thinking. (laughs) And here's why. What you're saying is that your kids don't deserve good entertainment by saying that. You're saying that a film can talk down to your kids and not be as well as something that your kids deserve to actually watch and that you're okay with it. Shouldn't you be teaching your kids some sort of discernment? I mean, why are you just going like, oh, you know, it's 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 brightly colored. Who fucking cares? That's not how it should be. Disney proves that wrong. Warner Brothers has proved that wrong. DreamWorks has proved that wrong. You can make 
a great film that happens to be for kids. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive from each other. So when people just go, oh, it's a comic book film. Oh, it's a rom-com. Oh, it's a kid's movie. I fucking hate that. It's my biggest peeves in doing the podcast. It bugs the fuck out of me that people just go, yep, that's it. No, expect more. Demand better for your fucking kids. I'm sorry. Why are you just going like, eh, this is fine. No, don't just be okay with that. Want more. Demand better. You should. You're the fucking consumer. And it really bothers me that that is being applied to this movie. And again, the first Space Jam, I get it. There are multiple fucking issues with that first film. But also, that shit's under 90 minutes. And there is a charm to it that I really think that people at points just don't acknowledge. Also, there's a lot more Looney Tunes in the first Space Jam than there is in this. Because the tunes are scattered all over the place and they're scattered in these worlds that are just, you know, built to be references. You know, they have uh, Roadrunner and uh, Wile E. Coyote, you know, they're in a uh, Mad Max Fury Road. They have, um, I can't remember, I think it's Elmer Fudd is in Casablanca, which makes no goddamn, like, there's just, there are these properties where I went, what kid's gonna know about Casablanca? What kid's gonna know about, you know, Mad Max Fury Road? I understand this will be something that kids you know, a decade from now, go, oh, I get that reference, or I get that. I, I I get that. But at the same time, though, if you own all these properties, shouldn't you gear them towards, you know, your audience? Maybe you actually have some more kids references in this. The only reference I think kids will really get outside of the random Rick and Morty uh, cameo that's in there, I think one of the big references kids will get is Wonder Woman. And I will say that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where Lola is going through the uh, the trials uh, that Diana goes through in Wonder Woman 84, uh, which <laughs> it's funny that this movie does Wonder Woman 84 better than Wonder Woman 84, but that's a whole other discussion. But I love the fact that, so I love and hate the scene because one, uh, Lola Bunny, who's voiced by Zendaya, which by the way, all due respect to Zendaya, huge fan of hers. Uh, can't wait for Euphoria season two and for No Way Home and everything else that you do. You're absolutely wonderful. We don't deserve you. Why is she the only person that's, like, put in the main cast as far as voice acting? She's not a voice actress. All due respect to her. And I think that's so disrespectful to the people who are voicing the goddamn Looney Tunes who aren't put in the cast. It doesn't... But I digress. One thing about that, though, that I love is that she runs the trials and it shows how, you know, athletic and badass Lola Bunny is. I appreciate that. But then... The thing that immediately for me takes away from that is that you have Bugs and LeBron trying to recruit her and they get in her way. They they cost her her chance to actually finish a competition. Now, of course, the movie goes, well, you know, you have a great heart. So, you know, you're an Amazon. Cool. So but at the same time, they didn't know that was going to happen. So they could have legit cost Lola something that she wanted and that she's was gonna earn because they're being selfish. And here's why I come to the big crux and my biggest, one of my biggest complaints about the film is that logically in the first film, the aliens go ahead and invade Toon World. So you already have your, you know, your main cast established as far as who's gonna be on the game. The issue with this is that LeBron rightfully so goes, oh, I need to recruit people to help save, you know, my son. Let's get Superman. Let's get the Iron Giant. Let's get, I, I can't remember who else he mentions, uh, King Kong. 
And Bugs just goes, well, I want to get my friends back, so you're going to play with Toons. And LeBron is kind of going, um, Toons aren't going to save my kids, so let's get these people. And so it really come, makes Bugs come across like an asshole, and the movie never checks him on that. So, you know, that doesn't really make sense. And then when you get to the actual game, which, by the way, takes a takes over an hour for us to get to the actual goddamn basketball game. The fact that it takes that long is ridiculous in itself. But then the but the, the tombs don't have a reason to actually play this game until Daffy opens his beak and dimes them all out essentially. And then Algie Rhythm goes, Oh, by the way, if you know LeBron, if you lose this game, then you know the tombs get deleted, which again is thrown in at the very last second to go ahead and actually give the tunes a reason to play, which again, lazy as hell. Last thing I'm going to bring up before I go ahead and probably get to my final thoughts here. So Algae Rhythm has this, basically he's God. Let's just be clear. He's basically God as far as in this server verse. And through this app that Dom uses where he's able to just scan things to his phone and directly import it to his game, which I went, all right, I'd love that technology. But he goes ahead and does that, and uh, Algae Rhythm goes ahead and basically reverse engineers it so he can suck people into their phones to go ahead and be spectators for the game. The thing that's really confusing about that is what sort of damage does that cause? The movie never even touched, like it's basically the snap from Infinity War, and the movie just goes, oh, well, no one was fine. No one who got sucked in was driving a car or, you know, moving poisonous waste or flying a plane or like, or, you know, any of these incredible things that could have happened. There are, there are these two stewardesses that are on a plane watching this shit. And I went, I'm sorry. Why aren't your phones in airplane mode? Why are you able to watch, to watch this fucking game? And you've seen the clip, most likely the clip of Porky Pig rapping is one of the most, as a person of color, I really hate when, I hate when cartoons do that shit. It's like, please don't go, don't try to be black. There's no reason for this shit. And just watching a black man, Don Cheadle, have a white pig <laughs> just rap at him and for him to sit there and take it. I went, I, I really fucking hate that. Credit where it's due, the biggest laugh I got in this movie is at halftime, the tunes are just getting their asses kicked, shocker. And Sylvester goes, oh my God, everyone, I found Michael Jordan, he's here. And even plays the, uh, the dun, 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 even plays the whole Chicago Bulls, you know, like uh, song that they come out to. And it's Michael B. Jordan. And I love that Michael B. Jordan has gotten shit about that for years and has constantly been asked if he's related to Michael Jordan. I think that's a genuinely brilliant joke. And I went, you know what? Okay, credit to you, movie. I really appreciate that you put that in there. But goddamn, this movie is just, it's a LeBron James movie featuring Looney Tunes. And it's really a LeBron James movie featuring Bugs Bunny, and then the rest of Looney Tunes kind of happen to be there. That's really the biggest issue is that while Space Jam definitely was Jordan-focused, there was a lot of Tune stuff in the game, and even before Jordan and them even play the game. And the game is straightforward. It's insanity, but, you know, two-point baskets, three-point baskets. This game, it's just points happen in the way that they need to for the plot. 
there's a point where Dom does this like step back move and then goes ahead and like drives for a layup and it goes 80 points. I went, what the fuck? Like <laughs> the movie doesn't establish its own rules. And so it, it just it doesn't make sense at all. And of course, the way that they win. <laughs> Sorry. At the beginning of the movie, LeBron talks about the step back move. It's one of the first things they bring up in the movie. And I remember as soon as they said it, I went, all right, so this will clearly factor into the ending. But they make this point of saying, oh, well, you know, Dom, when he tried to move in the game, it broke his game. So if we do that glitch here, it's going to basically break whoever does the move. So Bugs does the move technically. He does the step back jumper. But then LeBron grabs the ball like it's an alley-oop. So by the logic of the film, then LeBron should just be gone, right? I know they say he's not attuned, but I'm like, you're in a tuned world. So wouldn't that just make you go, like, wouldn't that be a thing? But the movie never even acknowledges that. It just goes, shut up. That's why. (laughs) And so, okay, you know, all those people are saved. They all, you know, go out of the, the server verse. So what happens with Algae Rhythm? The movie never even says. At the in the first Space Jam movie, Dane DeVille's villain, you know, is shot in a rocket, you know, back to uh, you know, more uh, uh the you know Monsterville or whatever the fuck it's called. But but here Algae Rhythm just loses. So is the server still a thing? Does he just go to another server? I mean, does he go to DreamWorks and fuck all this shit up? Like nothing is said about that. And it's just stuff like that where, and I'm not even getting to all my complaints. It's just, it's one of those things that at a point I go, movie, I'm trying to give you rope here and you're hanging yourself with it. And the end of this movie makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense that the tunes are just in our world and just no one's, no one freaks out about it. The amount of product placement in this is genuinely whorish. But at the end of the day, and I can't believe I'm saying this, if I'd seen this in a theater, I think I would have been more upset. I watched this on HBO Max, thank Christ, because if I'd seen this in theaters, God help you. But at the end of the day, I know that this will inspire some kids. I know some kids will watch this. And honestly, I hope it does inspire kids. I hope kids see this and go, hey, I could code or, hey, I could play basketball or whatever. But yeah, this is just an unnecessary sequel. It's not even close really for me to enjoy as enjoyable as the first one. Um, This movie doesn't let LeBron fail. And that's another thing is that, you know, you see Jordan fail in the first film at, you know, at baseball. That's a big, you know, running theme that he just can't seem to get it right so he goes back to what he loves and that's basketball you don't really see lebron fail here he's always constantly in control and that's kind of an issue but at the end of the day i wasn't i wasn't pissed off at this like this wasn't peter rabbit bad thankfully (laughs) this it's dumb and there's definitely points where i was irritated but it's not as bad as that so i'm gonna give this the lowest of a c minus i think that is more than fair for this movie and a lot of that is Don Cheadle, just because Don Cheadle made me laugh. And I thought that he was actually trying. So I'll give the movie a C minus. Watch on HBO Max. There is no fucking reason to go to a theater to see this shit. Uh, this is playing on HBO Max for like another three weeks, I want to say. It's like mid-August. And also, haha, LeBron, because LeBron was talking all that shit about how, oh, he knocked off Black Widow. Well, you lost to old. You lost to an M. Night movie, so pfft, <laughs> in your second week. But yeah, I 
it's fine. It's fine. This is one of those kids' movies where I would just go, all right, kid, I'm good for you. I'm happy you enjoyed this. But yeah, there's there's no reason for this to exist. But Space Jam A New Legacy, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, what did you think of it? I'm assuming most people hopefully like the original more than this one. Uh, if you don't, you're wrong. But <laughs> let me know what you think in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon Music, to name a couple spots at The Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook, uh, The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up here soon for... Uh, Snake Eyes. I'm actually going to see that on Tuesday, so expect a review uh, of that this week. I'm going to try to go see Pig. I fell under the weather this past Friday. I don't know how long it's playing at my random local theater, but I'm going to try to go see it before it leaves theaters. And uh, we'll have a review up as well for Jungle Cruise this week, which we'll see. <laughs> but thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care of each other, wear a mask, get your COVID shot if you haven't, for fuck's sake, so we can move past this shit. Uh, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.